In this week's In-Ear Insights, there is so much happening in the world, so many places and things and events that people look to experts for guidance, for help on how do you do something. Everything from your Google Analytics stopping working on July 1st to the latest trends in AI to whatever talking head is on your favorite news channel. Today, let's talk about what makes someone an expert. I asked our preeminent in-house expert, the GPT-4 model, uh, what, <laughs> what things the average American considers when evaluating someone's expertise. And the machine spit out this list of things. And so, Katie, I want to bounce this off of you and then get your take on whether or not you think these things make someone an expert. Sure. Credentials in education. Okay. Experience, published works and media appearances, peer recognition, mm -hmm. reputation, and alignment with trusted sources are the six things that the robots think make someone an expert. To you, what makes someone an expert? Well, when I started working, when I started my career, two of those things were the only things that mattered. One was education and credentials, and the other was uh, peer-reviewed. Uh, to be clear, I started in academia, and so if you had you know, an MD or a PhD next to your name, and you were published in a peer-reviewed you know, um, scientific magazine, then you were considered an expert. It didn't matter if you actually were like in doing the work every day, or if you were just theorizing about it you were considered an expert if you had an advanced degree. And this was something that I had to learn the hard way because I was told that in order to move up in my career, I had to have advanced degrees. So I bit the bullet. I went back to grad school and very quickly realized that none of the information I was being taught was going to be helpful in my everyday. And so I now have a master's degree that is completely useless to me. Uh, but I have it so I can have the letters behind my name. And so I came from a world where the more letters you had behind your name, the more of a quote unquote expert <clears throat> you were. Um, I now stepping out of academia into more of the commercial world realize that's not helpful at all. The letters, sure, they're good. They say that you know how to take a test and you know can pass courses but I no longer consider that someone who is an expert. It's a good starting point, but it shouldn't also be the end point. So an expert is someone who has demonstrated experience with the thing, the contact, the context that we're talking about. Okay. So pretend you are a CEO who doesn't know anything about say Google analytics. Sure. Right. And you know, you heard on some podcast with you know some talking heads on it that Google Analytics 4 is, is going to be the only game in town. And you know your company's not up to scratch. And you go out and you Google, you know, Google Analytics 4 experts. And you get a gazillion and a half responses. How would how do you make a decision? How do you say, well, this person looks credible or this person doesn't? This, this person's got a nicely designed website. Um, mm -hmm. I can think of, you know, one of the, the folks who is, exceptionally knowledgeable in the space has a terrible website i mean it looks like it looks like it was put together in 2006 but he happens to be you know one of the people who is creating the the major changes in in the way ga is used i would probably make a short list and your first question is well how do you make the short list um i would 
ask for references. I would ask my trusted peer group and say, who have you talked to? Who do you know? Who has a good reputation of these people? Do you know any of the names on this list? Um, Cause I agree, you know, as someone who has a really crappy personal website, I feel like it's not a good indicator of the person's expertise. So I would ask for shortlist. So I would get that shortlist of people and then I would reach out to those people and say, um, I've been told that you're an expert in Google Analytics. I would love, you know, to learn more about your experience with it. Could you send me case studies? Can you show me examples? You know, I want to actually see the work, you know, obviously, you know, not violating any confidentiality agreements, but like show me or you know, show me the dashboards you've built. Talk me through how you've uh, set up Google Analytics for websites similar to mine. And so again, I'm sort of going in not knowing anything about the software, but I know the kinds of questions to ask to tell whether or not someone's BSing me. How do you do that for something for which you have no domain expertise at all? Let's say you want to, you need somebody, and you know, you're one of your technical people who is is difficult to work with has said, "Hey, we need to build a training data set to fine tune a large language model," and I, you know, we don't have the resources in house for this, so we need to go find somebody, mm-hmm. and you don't even know what questions to ask. But again, there's a a gazillion and a half folks who are all supposedly AI experts based on all the crap they post on LinkedIn. Um, How do you do that when you have just no domain expertise whatsoever? And it's like, okay, well, where do I start? Well, I mean, if your team isn't giving you at least some background information of what they need, then, you know, there's a communication breakdown there. But this is a lot of what um, I'll be talking about this fall when I talk about managing the people who manage the machines. This is a common issue with managers who have then just been given, oh, here's a technical resource, good luck. Um, And so starting off with never say, explain it to me like I'm five or explain it to me like I'm dumb. That's the worst possible thing you could do because you are subconsciously planting the seed that you are dumb and you're not, you just have a different skill set. So starting by asking questions of help me understand why the approach that you're taking is the best approach or help me understand why you didn't try something different or what are the alternatives? Is this the most expensive approach? Is this the least expensive approach? What are some of the efficiencies with the approach that you're taking? Giving the other person the opportunity to explain in their words. And if you're still running into that, then it's okay to say, I'm really trying to understand I need you to help explain it to me as if I'm buying the thing or I'm the customer. And so if you come across someone who just cannot articulate what it is that they're doing in words that are more understandable to someone who's non-technical, that to me is a red flag. Cause that to me says that the person, they might know what they're doing, but they're not an expert in such that they have the experience working with a team or other people. And that's something that I'm looking for. Gotcha. Because I, I, I think you could make a case. There are plenty of people who are not only subject matter experts, but leaders in their field mm-hmm. who are terrible communicators because that's a separate skill set. It is a separate skill set. And leading and communicating are two different things. And so if I'm so, Chris, for example, and I apologize for picking on you. Um, you're not a great leader 
in the sense of leading people, but you're a good communicator in terms of helping me understand what I need to know about the technology. So those are two different things. And it's something that you and I have worked at in terms of how to build that communication. And so I am 100% confident that you are an expert in the things that you do because I understand the things that you do because you are able to explain them to me in a way that I can then translate them for someone else. You know, so I can confidently say, yes, Chris understands how large learning models work. Here's what he does with the large learning models or Chris understands how Google Analytics works. Here's what he what he can do because you've been able to show me, you know, on your computer what it is that you do. You've been able to tell me and teach me that to me shows a level of expertise versus someone who's just really good at pushing a bunch of buttons and hoping that something comes out at the end. I like that as, as a, a proxy for expertise. If you can teach it, mm-hmm. um, then you at least know it well enough to teach it. And you're teaching it in a way that the person you're teaching it to can then pick up the information and then pass it along to someone else. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Like I can't teach someone else how to fine tune a large learning model, but I can guide them at least through the steps and get them prepared to do the work because of the information that you've taught to me. And so I feel confident that the information that I'm passing along to them is correct because of the way that you've been able to teach me what you know. That to me is an expert. See, I would still argue that communication is separate from the subject matter expertise. Like I know plenty of martial artists who are exceptional martial artists. They are true experts. They can't teach to save their lives. Like they, they, they should not be teaching anybody because they're just bad at it. But then, so let's say this is true. So let's say in this example, you know, you have someone who's really good at doing the thing. How you can't hire that person because they don't know. Because how do you manage them? How do you know that what they're doing is the correct thing? So someone who does martial arts, you know, I know nothing about martial arts. They could do a bunch of flips and grunts and kicks and punches and it could look cool, but it could be totally incorrect. So how do I actually know they're an expert and not a con artist if I can't communicate with them? So you would you would make communication skills a requirement of expertise regardless of the field i would and again i communication is separate from leadership and management personally i feel like an expert should be able to explain their thing in such a way that someone who doesn't understand their subject matter understands it enough to feel confident that they could then pass along the information to someone else okay okay the one thing that I tend to look for in expertise is someone who knows what's going to go wrong. Right? If, if you say, hey, I'm about to do a, a supervised fine tune on, on stable vacuna, and that person goes, well, have you already done, have you already tried building a set of base prompts uh, to, to make sure the model is capable of that? I'd be like, I might be like, no, no, I was just going to go straight to that. And they'd be like, well, you know that that's not a good idea like you should verify that the base model can actually do that first before you go invest a lot of time and money in in that thing because if the base model can't do that you're just going to waste a whole bunch of time so that expert would in in listening knows what's going to go wrong they know the mistakes that are going to happen 
well in advance and, and and if i have any brains i will listen to said person and say okay let me let me see if this person's uh, experience like you talk about is is validated like oh yeah i guess i should have done that before you know i wasted a million dollars of of cpu time trying to to make this thing happen um just like you know in, in more of our world if uh if, if i were to say oh you know what i'm gonna go set up um google tag manager with 14 different containers so that everyone has their own view and uh, a, a google analytics extra go you know that's probably not the most efficient way to do that. It's a big waste of time. Maybe set up one tag manager container um, and set up a property uh, instead that has the different data streams based on what you need. It might be a more efficient way of doing that. Now, it's up to me as the person doing it to say yes or no, but at least that expert has said, here's probably what's going to go wrong. How do you know that the person who's questioning you is an expert and not just a condescending jackass? who always thinks that their way is the right way. Sometimes those things co-occur. <laughs> um, well, you know, cause as you're describing it, so let's just say, for example, uh, you know, I was practicing martial arts and I was trying to throw a jab. And so, you know, you know, Chris Penn comes along. It was like, you know, if you throw a jab like that, you're going to break your hand and not the other person's jaw. So in that example, you're saying that because you know that information, you are technically the expert. But let's say you also throw jab wrongs and you're teaching me the wrong thing. How do I know that you're not just condescending and need to be right in that conversation? Um, you don't you need to have some level of understanding of of what you're doing too and that's one of the challenges with expertise that's why i start off asking uh, how do you deal with situations where you don't have domain expertise because in that situation yes both people could be completely wrong doing it wrong um and that's where that experience um and that demonstrated track record does come in handy right if Two people you know, are throwing jabs, and one of them, you know, holds a uh, a world welterweight uh, championship. Like, okay, the person who's who's gotten good results probably knows what they're doing. Um, uh, I would say, if you know, if if you have never won anything in in boxing and martial arts, then maybe um, maybe you're there's some there's some more room for questioning as to whether that person actually knows what they're doing. I mean. We know plenty of people in the marketing space who have uh, lots of fictitious case studies and can talk a really good game. But when you actually ask them, well, well how do you do this thing? Or, or, or this is what is happening and it's not working. They, they just come up totally empty. And this is where, to what we were just talking about, I look for someone who can not only tell me, but teach me. And so in that example, I would want the person who is, questioning or criticizing the way in which I throw a punch. Okay, show me, demonstrate to me, teach me how to effectively do this. Not just like, and then you punch like this, like show me, actually demonstrate to me, show me an example of where your method is actually effective versus the way that I'm doing it. And so that to me is where that expertise in communication comes in because there's a lot of bullshit artists out there. A lot, I mean, you know, you can't count all of them. And that's exactly, you need to be able to vet, especially if it's something you don't, you personally don't know a lot about, um, you know, and so this may also be where, you know, you look at your, you know, trusted network and say, 
who here knows more about this than me that could help me vet these experts? And so going it alone is probably not the best uh, way to approach it. That's why when you are, you know, for better or worse, when you're applying for a job, sometimes there's a team of people who are interviewing you versus just one individual person. That's a whole separate topic that we could get into. But, you know, if Chris, if you said to me, we need to hire someone who can fine tune a large learning model, I would say, great, you need to be a part of this. Let's be clear about the roles and responsibilities during the hiring process. But you, as someone who understands the content, the subject matter, need to be a part of this. And I, as the person who understands hiring people, also need to be a part of this. So it's more of a team effort than an individual, you know, me trying to go it alone and figure it out. Yeah, I I think I would also argue in for the actual experts that I've met in my lifetime, the the folks who I respect as as being really capable, very few of them are condescending. Very few of them are so insecure that they need to to rub it in your face constantly. Mm -hmm. I there are plenty of fake experts who will trot out a whole bunch of things and you know and and you know sort of walk around and be with all their puffery, but the actual real experts don't really feel the need to do that. Like they've got nothing left to prove. Like you either know them or you don't. Um, and if you don't know them, that's fine. They don't care. They're like, okay, that's cool. Um, but I always find the louder someone is about their own accomplishments, the less they actually have accomplished. There's definitely something to that. Um, because an expert is someone and someone who is truly an expert, the work tends to speak for itself versus them trying to constantly convince you that they are an expert in something. So I, I definitely think there's something to that. Now, there's definitely, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. There's experts out there who are just condescending jerks. Um, but majority, you know, is that if someone's an expert in something, they just tend to be that. They don't need to constantly yell that in your face. And so... I think the other thing too, and Chris, this goes, you know, sort of into the world of when we even talk about influencers, not who's talking the loudest, but who's being talked about the most. And so if, you know, for example, um, you know, if somebody goes into a community and says, who can recommend someone who knows Google Analytics, you're probably going to get a list of names, but what is like the two or three names that keep coming up over and over and over again? Just even looking at, uh, you know, in face in local Facebook groups, when someone's like, I'm looking for a contractor, you might get a list of 10 names, but of those 10 names, three of them are repeated a couple of times. So that starts to become your short list of, okay, let me look into these people <clears throat> first because they're known. People feel comfortable recommending them because clearly they liked the work that they do. And now I can start to make the uh, decision based on the information that I have so far that they at least are knowledgeable in the field enough to be recommended by someone else. So it's funny. Um, when we look back at where we started with uh, the GPT-4 models uh, list of things, we've actually touched on most of these. Um, and for the most part, you know, credentials and education, experience, published works, recognition by peers, reputation, uh, and alignment with trusted sources. It actually checks out. It's unsurprising. I mean, the just because we're using different words to describe the same things. And mm -hmm. so 
at the end of the day, you want to make sure that it's somebody that you would feel comfortable recommending to a friend because it's not just their reputation, it's your reputation. Um, you know, and we do this when we're, you know, partnering with other agencies or referring other companies out. It's not just their reputation, it's our reputation too. And so we need mm -hmm. to have known that they can do the work that they say they can do so that when we recommend them, it doesn't reflect poorly on us either. And so there's a lot of different levels of trust that are built in there of we trust that you know what you're doing. We trust that you're going to say that you trust that you're going to do what you, what you say you're going to do. Uh, we trust that you're not going to be you know offensive or you're not going to flake out on the person or overcharge them. So there's a lot of things that go into it that have already been established by us recognizing that they are experts in the thing that they do. And the wonderful thing about that is that in an environment now where we have less and less trust in general, those networks and that reputation is going to be even more important because you know, as, as trust declines in online sources in particular, mm -hmm. um, that's all pretty much anyone has left is that word of mouth. I see more and more. And again, sort of, I go back to the example of like local Facebook communities, nothing to do with like the business that we do. Um, when someone is looking for a certain type of service or, you know, employee or something like that, the first thing they usually say is, well, I did a Google search, but I want to know what the community has to say, because you're absolutely right. Anybody can put up, you know, a really good SEO optimized uh, website, but that doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. That doesn't mean that the case studies they have are valid. And so you want to still have that word of mouth, that trusted peer that says, yes, Chris knows what he's doing. Yes, Katie won't let you down when she says she's going to do the work. Mm -hmm. So when you are looking for an expert, uh, I guess the take a look at that list of those six things and evaluate how much weight you put in each of them. Because I suspect it's it's not the same for everyone. Everyone probably has different weights based on their own life experience. You know, if you uh, someone who uh, you had bad experiences in education, you might value credentials in education less than mm -hmm. say practical experience. If you're someone who has you know spent a lot of time in say academia, you probably value that more. But all six of those categories do play a role in in expertise. Um, be on the lookout for people who can communicate well. Be on the lookout for people who can teach well, and be on the lookout for people who can help you understand the mistakes that are going to happen before you make them, uh, and can offer uh, helpful feedback uh, before that's the case. If you found some experts that you want to talk about or you have questions about evaluating maybe an expert that you're considering, why not pop over to our free Slack group? Go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you and over 3,000 other marketers are asking and answering each other's questions every single day. And wherever it is you watch or listen to the show, if there's a channel you'd rather have it on, please go on to, trust over to, to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast. And while you're there, if you have a channel that you prefer, please leave us a rating and a review. It does help share the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.